It's episode 39 of Playing It Wrong, coming to you with a live studio audience of two dogs. Yes, I talk about them all the time. This episode, I'm going to go off on a lot of weird directions, but I'm going to start off in, well, at a normal place. How about some OSR news you can use? Or at least something that I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Dirk Stanley of Faraway Land has announced and has shared the preview of the first bit of it of doing a Swords and Wizardry conversion of Faraway Land. If you've never heard of Faraway Land, Google it. It's its own system, D6, and it's I think it's a really good, smart uh, business decision to convert it over to Swords and Wizardry. Anytime you do an RPG that its own system, that it's not something that's strongly establ- established, excuse me, it is an uphill fight. But the Tome of Awesome and everything else for that game is really, really cool. And having the creator put a Swords and Wizardry spin on it is going to be cool. And I think it's going to garner him a lot more fans. And I'm already a fan. And I highly recommend it. Just Google it. Look it up. Um, there's some pay-what-you-want pay adventures on uh, DriveThru. The uh, PDFs of the Tome of Awesome are on DriveThru. And he's got some hard copies, last I knew, for sale on his own site. So check out Faraway Land. Hunt him down in the Faraway Land group on uh, MeWe. I'm not sure if it was posted on G+, but go on MeWe. You can see the preview there, and I highly recommend it. Go check it out. And moving right along, uh, I know I normally start with, like, uh, what's up with gaming? That's, like, the podcast format that everyone does. But I got a call-in that's going to be a good lead-in to what's going on in gaming this week. So here we go from Eric Salzweedle of the 3D Omega Chicken Coop. Take it away, Eric. Hey man, Eric Salzwittle here of the Omega 3D Chicken Coop and also fellow fanboy of Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells. Uh, I really appreciate you doing a review of that game. I'm actually running it tomorrow at Gamehole Con. I am running the Escape from Skull Prison adventure in the back of the book. And I think you hit a lot of the high points of what I personally think makes the game awesome. It's definitely my go-to game system right now. I'm going to use it for everything. I might even adapt some of the rules for a fantasy setting. But I digress. Uh, I thought, yeah, you definitely hit a lot of the highlights. And the book is massive, so you can't cover everything. The random tables just take up so much space, and they're all really cool. My next adventure, actually, the characters are going to have to star jump through multiple galaxies to get somewhere, and I'm not going to prep it all for it. I'm just going to roll randomly on the tables and see what happens. Anyway, man, awesome job. I hope you continue to enjoy playing it, and I hope you get a game together for it. Talk to you later. Thank you for calling in, Eric. And yes... Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells is going to be freaking awesome. But hey, one thing you said of doing a fantasy conversion, hey, there's no need to wait because the uh, uncle of of Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells is Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, which is what I'm going to talk about next. But anyway, Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells. Uh, check it out on DriveThru. Um, there are the PDFs are pay what you want. There are hard copies on DriveThru. I got mine on Lulu. And um, one of my players got the ones from DriveThru. And uh, we've looked at them, and we like the Lulu ones a little better. Um, but And pick up the addendum, too, because it is full of charts. It's very much swords and sorcery. It's not so much high fantasy. But it's got that gritty, crazy 
really kind of funness that is in Cosmic Spells. And how does this lead into what's up in gaming this week? Well, we did the final session of my playtest for the setting I'm working on for Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, which is very difficult to say several times. But I am finished that up. I got the uh, first deep editorial pass on the races, classes, and spells done this weekend. And I want to tell you what went crazy on that last session. So the party is going through a ancient temple dedicated to the evil serpent gods. Populated, well, at least above ground by lizard men. But when they get down into the lower levels, they find serpent priests and other things. So they go into the boss fight. So they've got... Half a dozen Serpent Men, half a dozen Amazon Nagas, you have to see my setting to see, get stats on those, a f about another four Serpent Man Priests, and a Medusa Sorceress. The fight begins. The party's magic user deciding that he wants to uh, take out the boss, the Medusa Sorceress, in one fail swoop, decides to cast Arcane Projectile. So if you don't know this game, it's roughly the equivalent of Magic Missile. And the way the game works with the caster chooses the power level and hopes to roll well enough to do a really, really lot of damage. Now, like Dungeon Crawl Classics, there's a mechanic similar to Spell Burn, which is called Blood Sacrifice, which the caster burns a whole bunch of points. So the magic leader decides he's going to do a power level 11, that would be a arcane projectile, which will do 11d6 of damage. He burns a whole bunch of points, and he rolls... And he rolls Magical Catastrophe, which is basically he fumbled the casting of his spell. Next step. He goes, rolls on the Magical Catastrophe chart, and rolls that he summons a creature of the po spell's power level hit die. Or, in this case, 11 hit die. Now, the chart in the rules as written only goes up to 10, so that tells you how bad this is going to end up being. At the time, I decided to uh, let's roll three special abilities from the neat special monster special abilities chart on the uh, on the in the addendum. So I decided since it was a snake temple, it was going to be a giant albino snake, and I let the player roll for what abilities it got. It got armored skin, so it takes less damage. It causes earthquakes, which is a bad thing in an underground dungeon. Oh, and it has acid for blood, just like an alien. So people hitting it with melee weapons are going to be taking some damage in return. Now, things really, really get chaotic at this point. So, the magic user takes one shot from the giant snake and decides, screw this, I'm getting out of there. He runs down the hall to cast Arcane Portal. The boss also decides, you know what, screw this, I'm leaving as well, I've got the spell root. So I'm casting an Arcane Portal, and I'm getting out of here in my own direction. The one character who is most definitely not an assassin decides that I will not let the mark get away, and chases the sorceress through her portal. While the rest of the party is running, dodging, the fighter decides to start grabbing loot and running out the portal as well. The fighter then runs back through the portal because the mage beforehand was able to buff the party with Accelerate, which is the game's equivalent of haste, run back in, dodge around, grab some more treasure, and start throwing it back out the portal. Of course, the fighter also sees the nod and assassin running through the opposite portal and decides we need to buy this bozo some time. So she distracts the snake and kites the snake basically through the portal out of the dungeon and starts running towards the nearest town. 
So back to our definitely not an assassin who got some really lucky rolls and was able to pretty much take the lightly injured boss out by himself and goes running back out through the portal. Let us fast forward back over to our fighter who, like I said, had haste on. Well, in this game, haste lasts a certain number of rounds, and when it's end, basically you make a saving throw, okay? You'll figure it out if you read the game. If not, you're f most people are familiar enough to know what a saving throw is. Well, the fighter failed and goes on her face. And she's like, well, um, I don't want to get eaten by the snake, so... And I'm out of luck, so I'm going to call in my con my complication and burn that luck to have something fortuitous happen. Or at least so I don't die at the fangs of being swallowed by a giant snake. Well, that character's uh, complication, which had changed early in the game thanks to a magic item that was basically a Coptic jar that whoever opened it, their soul got switched to whoever's soul was inside of it. And there was some sessions where there were lots of soul-swapping, body-swapping, and a succubus got involved and things got really complicated about who was in whose body for a while. But anyway, her complication was the uh, possessed by the succubus, which she wasn't at the time because they got it moved to somebody else's body. But it's like, I'm calling that in anyway. So, okay, what am I going to do? All right, the last thing she saw, she sees when she, before she passes out, is the merchant's wife who I th yeah the merchant's wife who was the original person being possessed by the succubus pops up gets swallowed by the snake and then the snake's eyes glow red as the succubus takes over the giant snake so congratulations they've just sort of made a weird demonic demigod type thing that's really interesting all right that's how that end of the session went it was fun everybody was enjoying it and they like making something that could be, well, well, destructive. Hey, that's my players. Everybody had fun. So that, dear listeners, is what was up with my gaming last week. And next week coming up, we've got some more Call of Cthulhu, and hopefully I will not die. Um, now we're going to move on to the main topic of this, which was going to be the main topic of last episode, but I decided to go with uh, <sighs> Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, and I'm probably going to get that name backwards again. Diego needs to really shorten his names. But yes, I did the last week get the backer PDF for Grimtooth Trapsylvania for Dungeon Call Classics. Oh yes, and that is so much fun, and that's what I'm going to talk about next. Since it's basically a hex crawl slash adventure thing, I don't want to go into too many details for spoilers and all that. I'm going to kind of just talk about it generally overall. So first of all, Grimtooth. If you haven't had heard of Grimtooth, it goes back to Tunnels and Trolls and Grimtooth Traps of books of incredibly devious and deadly traps. Well, Dungeon Crawl Classics have done uh, Grimtooth's Museum of Death, and they did one other adventure, which I do not remember off the top of my head now. And then they've just added Grimtooth's Trapsylvania, which, like I said, is a little hex crawl of Grimtooth's kingdom, so to speak. So it's a whole hex crawl filled with deadly traps, and some bizarre and really dark humor. And yes, I know it's for Dungeon Crawl Classics, and not everybody plays DCC, but the stuff's easy enough to convert to your game of choice. Unless it's like 3rd Edition or Pathfinder, then it's going to be 3rd Edition or Pathfinder, or even 5e, it's going to get really tricky. But if you're doing any of the OSR games, it's going to be an easy conversion. You're smart, you know how to do it. So this thing comes in right above 150 pages. I'm not going to the end of the PDF. Like I said, PDF guy went out to backers, and hardcore, or hardcore, hard copy should come out soon. So, like I said, um, 
interesting locations. It has a complete history of Grimtooth, um, his little sister Grimtina, and of course the full stats for each of them. Trust me, no, you're not going to want to fight against either one of them. Truly, I don't care what freaking level you are, you ain't going to win. You're going to die horribly. You know, I want to say it's 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 very much a deadly and tongue-in-cheek style adventure. You, you can't take it seriously. If you want to throw it in your campaign and you're all ser serious and you expect the player characters to live, don't even bother. But it's still a good source book for, eh, let's say, some. if you want to take things in a more humorous bent. I mean, there's a petting zoo. Imagine the deadliness of that. There's the castle. There's a maze. There's a lake. There's docks. There's an airship hangar. There's an abattoir, of course. And, of course, Grimtooth's castle. Um... There's a whole host of interesting NPCs for the characters to meet up and anger and or perhaps befriend that might generally increase their survivability, but I really doubt it. Uh, and I would like to mention on the petting zoo, the symbol for the raptor breeding area on the map is quite interesting. It's what you think. Anyway, who is this, who would this thing even be for? Um... Some idiot like me who likes throwing in some humor or likes throwing in, hey, let's do a one-shot of sheer deadliness. Or you could even do this as a mini-campaign of just having your player characters end up there without the players using their, I guess, regular characters that they may have some emotional attachment to. Uh, overall, I'd say it's an acquired taste. And, well, I'm one of those weirdos that has that kind of taste. Now, I don't do that kind of crap in every adventure or every campaign, but it's good to have as a backup, or at least for inspiration, to take a little bit here, a little bit there, like I do with everything I touch. I just, like, put stuff together. Like I said, it's good for inspiration because each of the locations also has uh, three or four adventure hooks that you could use. But then again, you could also use those adventure hooks for something else, too. Just not quite as deadly. So, it's another one of these products. Do I recommend? Yeah, if you got that weird, deadly sense of humor like me, yeah, it'd be fun for you. Um, even if you're not a big fan of DCC, there's some inspiration there that you can use if you want to. So, if you feel like it, pick it up. If not, eh, eh it's up to you. You're adults. Figure it out. And that, my friends, is my little rant on Grimtooth's Grimtooth's Trapsylvania. Sorry, I can't speak very well today. Um... And what now? What now? We're going to move on to what I have in the future. Wait, I haven't gone back. I haven't read Wisdom from the Holy Tomes. Once again, I'm delving into Greyhawk Supplement 1. I know it's not one of the three original Little Brown books, but it's so special to my heart, and it ties in so well with Grimtooth's Trapsylvania. And I am talking towards the end of the book, page 61, The Underworld and Wilderness Adventures which is three pages of craziness. Really? Okay, so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to pick out some examples from here and, well, elaborate or rant about them. First up, we have a box of animal crackers which will spring to life when grasped. For example, a bear might dump a bowl of porridge on a player's head. A giant fox might demand a bunch of grapes or else he'll attack. A lion will attack unless a thorn is removed from his paw and so on. At least one of the animals will give some treasure or aid to the to the party of some sort. Sorry, I can't read out loud. What's up next in this cavalcade of weirdness? Intelligence doors, which are jerks. That was my own edit editorialization of there. Uh, what are you going on here? What do we have? Room complexes, which are all parts of monsters. The first room being the mouth, the next the stomach, and so forth. 
We've seen that before, haven't we? Which is all good and interesting. But going on to the next page, or actually the second, is Monstrous Tricks and Combination Monsters. Now, it's not like... I mean, this, this is back in the early days. This is back to the originals of ideas that maybe sometimes have been way forgotten. Animals, which appear perfectly harmless, but are deadly. Ask my uh, MCC campaign the players, ask them about going hunting rabbits by themselves in the woods and see what happens. Oxen, which are cross-bed with gorgons. That's a bad thing. Um, Fire-resistant mummies. That would suck. Uh, going on... Where's one? Okay, here it goes. Teaming up monsters. Here's some good team-ups. A Medusa riding a gorgon. Somebody's getting stoned. A Balrog riding a red da dragon. Yeah, it's just you're just screwing with them. Frost giant riding a white dragon. Things are getting bad. How about dissimilar monsters put together? A troll with a magic spear riding a purple worm. An ogre mage mounted on a manacore. An evil high priest riding a chimera. A cloud giant riding a Tyrannosaurus Rex. That just I don't know. Just trying to imagine that just kind of freaks me out. <coughs> And then we go to similar monsters, which appear to be something other than what they actually are. An ogre jelly monster, which appears to be a mere ogre, but... A snake, which is actually a gray ooze. A giant spider, that is actually a black pudding. A dragon that spits ogre jelly or black pudding. A golden dragon, which is actually yellow mold. Interesting, interesting, interesting. But these are old ideas that people are still using today. Just look around, and it's from inspiration, so you don't have to take standard groups of monsters and say, here's four orcs, two goblins, and a bugbear. Roll for initiative. You can still make things that, you know, making making encounters and monsters interesting is something that goes back to the very earliest days. So, that is my reading from the holy books, and moving on, I am going to talk about what's coming up next. Um, since the Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells campaign is over, our party is our party. Our gr gaming group. We're going to do Dragon Heist, which I've read nothing but bad things about, but I have trust in the GM, and it's going to be fun to play a little five E for a while. After the Call of Cthulhu campaign, we may do Star Wars, or I may do White Box. If we don't do my White Box, it gives me more time to work on it and be more devious and come up with more house rules and twiddly bits and making it fun and interesting and making races and classes and all that will be coming out sometime soon on the blog. Yes, I know, I try to talk without breathing, but then again, I'm an idiot. Alright, so that it is, my general listeners. That's this episode, episode 39. Thanks for listening. Here come the end credits. Subscribe, review, do all that good stuff. And keep those dice a-rolling. Thanks for listening. And thanks for listening. Please visit the blog at theymightbegazebos.blog. That's theymightbegazebos.blog. And the letter B, not B, spelled out. Or visit us on Facebook to search for They Might Be Gazebos. Ask us questions and you might get an answer. If not, we'll just make up the questions and the answers. Remember, roll dice, kill monsters, take their stuff, and have fun. Intro music is Metal Mania by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 3.0 Attribution License. Please visit his website at incompetech.com. That's incompetech.com. Really, visit it. There's also downloadable graph paper and hex paper. Additional sound effects from freesound.org, used under Creative Commons 0.1.0 Universal License.